I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the fire. Welcome to the fire, boys. My name is Parker McDonald. And I'm Walter Lee, and we'll be your hosts on this episode of the Southern Collective Hunting Podcast. If you're a new hunter trying to learn the basics, or you're a veteran woodsman just trying to get through your workday, there's always a place at our campfire for you. Speaking of the fire, we would love it if you guys would join our growing Patreon community and be a part of the best and only digital deer camp south of Mason Dixon Line. Come on. If you'd like and learn more, click on the link in the show notes. But for now, Walt, welcome, welcome to, to the fire. fire. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Collective. The Fantastic is Four is back, and I messed that up too, but I'm not doing a third rendition of this. But uh, we've been arguing here about <laughs> what my intro should look like. All four members of the team are back for the first time in what feels like a lifetime. Uh, Parker is back with us. We got the Brett Smash Burn, Matthew Reeves. Gentlemen, the season, I swear to God, is slipping past. I don't know how it feels this way, but I'm starting to get like a little bit of panic because by the time I hit October, the end of October, even though that's my season kicking off, I start to feel like, dude, we're like past the halfway point. Am I the only person that feels that no, way? No, not at all. Yeah, no, dude. Good, good. No, I'm, I'm sitting, no, I'm I sitting here. Pretty, uh... Go ahead, Parker. I was just going to listen to you sit there and tell some useless soft Man, story I'm about in t- <laughs> your season when you when you I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, right? And kill a world class buck. No, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm watching some horses with some I don't know what who's driving them or making them go around. But anyways, I'm not hunting, and it's bothering me. So I'm dying to get back. Been watching our our polos of guys dropping deer left and right it's it's kind of getting absurd how many deer they're killing um but that's really what's keeping me me in the game right now but i fly back i fly back into town tomorrow and i'll I'll be back hunting soon It's funny. Everybody here just gave Matt hell. You know, when you when you got a when you got a a win in the hand like a deer, like he shot early on, you can afford to take a family vacation out to Arizona in the middle of the year and not even feel it. I know he's getting a little itchy, but I mean, the Joker has has shot a monster, 
went went and tucked another one in its bed and watched it from a distance for about like what two hours you watched a deer for two yeah, hours sit there and hour lay, and lay 70 yards from you i mean like yeah dude you're having an all-star season man you're kind of carrying the weight for all of us right now and impregnated his wife at the same yeah, time. So whoa! I don't know where he found time to that was, do that. That was before the deer season. <laughs> well, then, uh, and, and all that, all that—it's it's one of those trickle ruts in Alabama. All that ear prep, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's been good. But he had some of that black widow at the house and hit it one time, and <laughs> he was all. Black widow. Hey, y'all, quit talking about me. We have we have other success to talk about. We we've got. Brett's had multiple encounters. Both of y'all, Walter and Parker, have both killed an animal. And, you know, that's something we need to talk about. That That's that's what we're here to talk about is, is you guys because y'all have had immediate success. Walt had a heck of a hunt uh, this last week. And uh, I, I, wanted, I want to know about it. The viewers, listeners want to know about it. So, Walt, Parker, whichever one wants to kick it off, let's, uh, let's jump into it. What you think, well, Parker? It's up to you, man. I'll go, go first. It don't matter yeah. to me. Yeah, I'll go, go first. Um, I, I did some math. This is the best season I've had in Florida to date. Uh, for the first two days of the season, I'm one for two, which means I've shot twice. I'm back to back on opening day or opening weekend. So uh, this past weekend, uh, I had a cameraman, boys. The entire trip, I had a cameraman documenting the hunt, um, and I just want to say. If you're listening, and you're probably not because you're too busy killing deer, but THP, if you're listening, I understand why you enjoy it so much more now because the guy with the with the weapon can just worry about hunting. He ain't got to worry about turn on the Insta360, turn on the, the Sony ZV-1 and pan it. Nope, you just you just go through your steps and you get to hunt uh, with privilege there just thinking about that. And it was a lot of fun. Um, young fella, Anders Austinson, reached out and said, hey, I want to film. And he's been asking for uh, about two years now. And, uh, so I gave him the Sony ZV or the Sony AX 53 and he documented the whole hunt, uh, including a mishap opening morning. We got stuck in a thicket that was a little bigger, thicker than I thought it was. Um, and so we backed out and did some scouting, just relied on our instinct, right? When plan A goes, goes to hell, you just start scouting and find some other spots. And it was kind of in that period of time where you don't really want to be, like bouncing in known areas because there's just a bunch of people. And so we just drove around looking for pressure. Like, hey, let's go see where people are hunting. And there was this one big cutover. No one was hunting. And on the back side of it, we could see deer. And we're like, hey, let's put a spot and stalk on these deer and let's just watch them as they, the wind's in our face. Let's just watch them as they go back to bed. Let's try and figure out some of the patterns. And uh, ended up kind of physically bumping these deer. They saw us at about 100 yards come across this cutover. And kind of ran off into the thicket, and we still were able to cut down a two-track and cut them off before they got to their beds. And I had a yearling come out at like 20 yards, and we're crouched with the sun to our back. And this yearling sees us and is curious as hell. And she's coming closer and closer and closer. She gets to 20 yards, and I draw, and she stops. And she's just got this wall of grass, and all you can see is her in the film. And I... I didn't want to take the shot and I'm holding and I'm holding and it felt like six years. I let down this deer comes out. Of course, as soon as I let down, I draw again, she stops. She's got a couple blades of grass in front of her and I sit her mast, the pin hammer, the trigger, and she ducked about three and a half feet underground and popped out on the other side of the cutover and, and ran off into the trees. 
made a lot of mistakes there, but that's the first shot I've ever taken on a deer from the ground. So is that, does that sound about how that should go? I just completely botch it. That sounds pretty good. I don't know if she ducked three I mean, feet though. <laughs> it's pretty close, dude. It's pretty bad, man. That was, no. I mean, yeah, she so, was high alert for sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's also like the size of a, of a that poodle. That was the pocket. The pocket yeah. deer. A, a young, a, a young, deer. Yeah. <laughs> a young deer, a young deer in, uh, in Florida is, that's a little bitty thing. Yep. So, I mean, ducking and diving. So, so you said what, surprised. was it like 20 Which, yards or something like that? When I drew the first time, she was at 20. And in my mind's eye, I never took her off of 20. And that was part of my problem was she was at about 14, like, good-sized paces. Yeah. And so she, I, when you look at where the arrow was, even Brett pointed this out, if you look at where that arrow was, it was going to spine her at best if I was lucky yeah. and she didn't yeah. move. Um, so she was missed. She was as good as missed at that point in time. Once she started to duck, it was all over. You know? I, I think it's pretty cool. Like, you yeah. can be in a tree stand and get a deer at 20 yards or 14 yards and, like, that's close, but like when you're standing mm-hmm. on the ground and there's a deer that close to you, like that's a rush. Yeah, yeah. We um we in that same clip. So we're recording. I go and find the arrow, and we're just laughing about the fact I just blew this like chip shot on opening morning. Right, we're sitting there talking, and I mean just talking, just like this. And all of a sudden I hear a twig snap behind us and you can see in the frame, he's got the, he's got the, the camera on me and behind me walking down the trail, like 20 yards behind me. Here she comes out of the, out of the tree line again, looking at me and he's like, get your bow. I was like, dude, it's six feet away. By the time I turn, <laughs> she's going to be gone. And I turn and look and she tears off again. And so you blew two opportunities right there. It's just so funny. Cause I'm like, and here we are doing such and such. And then in the back, you just see this deer just like pop up out of the bush. And it's like, uh, you you guys still here? Nah. <laughs> that was embarrassing, dude. You need to run. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we kind of laughed that off and we're excited about the fun we had, but we realized no one was hunting this area. Like we're talking like a solid, uh, five, 600 yards, uh, of terrain that no one's messing with and opening day in Florida. What kind of, what kind of terrain are you talking Open pines and cut over, you know, open pines, uh, burned pines, uh, probably about a year or two past post burn. You can were walk you, through it. Were you kind of, were you kind of sitting on the edge of the pines mm-hmm. and the deer were feeding in the cut over? Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Yep. And it, it was like a grown over cut over where, you know, everything had been cleared and just, it was, everything had come back. What are they, what are they eating in there? Do you know? Dude, I do, have, do I have, have I have no idea. Uh, but. I think there's just a lot of Forbes out there. If you went out there, there was a lot of like dandelion and ragweed and stuff like that. And one of the clips, when she pulls her head up, you can see like the ragweed sitting out of the corner of her mouth. And she just like slurped it down like a spaghetti noodle in a cartoon, you know? Um, The reason I ask in that video that I saw, um, the video of uh, one of the shots, I can't can't remember, but there's a lot of deer (laughs) there. (laughs) Like it looks like a food plot. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy to me. I mean, they're it, it looks like, like literally like they're like they're feeding in a food plot. Are they bedding in it too? Are you watching no. them just stand up in the same stuff? No, no, it was way too hot for that. I got a picture uh, in the sun. My my truck said it was 105. <laughs> it wasn't, but it was a hot, a the hot weekend. Um, wow. 
Yeah, it was brutal. So uh, it was funny when when it would get overcast for a little bit and there'd be a couple clouds. The deer would come out and they'd be feeding. Sudden that this moment that sun went away, they just they just retracted back into the woods. I would say they're betting about 150 to 200 yards off that field. And we we actually actually you know what I can say that that's the case. It was actually about 100 to 125 yards because after that encounter, I looked at Anders and we were talking it over. And we're like guys or guys, we were like, dudes, uh, we have a chance here to just have some fun with this and probably shoot a doe on film because realistically no one's in this area. Everybody's driving right past this cutover and it kind of had like a slope to the back of it. And the deer were down there in that low, low bit on the backside. So I don't even know if most people even saw the deer. Like it was hard to see them even with binoculars sometimes. And so we spent the better part of the next couple of days scouting that area. We walked a big two two track that went around the entire backside of it to the swamp. It's like a bunch of tie ties that just kind of held water whenever it was really wet. And as we're walking the whole thing, you could hear deer and the wind was like blowing in our face. So you know they couldn't smell us. You could hear them blowing at something, somebody else driving by. And that was when we realized we knew where their bedding was because you had this big open pine like prairie. And then you had this clump of pine trees and this like wall of like green briar and, and grape around it. And we realized that was one of their, probably their bedding areas. Cause it wasn't very far from the, from the food source. And so ultimately we spent that afternoon watching the deer and we saw like 30, we saw 30 deer encounters in two, a morning and an evening hunt. I can't tell you if those were all the same deer or not. Like I can't tell you we had 30 deer staying in front of us, but we saw 30 deer, um, uh, distinct encounters uh in in those those two hunts and that afternoon we set up and did an observation hunt you know you got to keep in mind this this cutover is like 500 yards by 500 yards and i've got a bow with a 40 yard range but there was this ability to sit in the middle of it and watch the entire thing and we saw exactly where they were coming and going and the next day the next morning we went to a different spot because we were afraid about bumping those deer off of that food source trying to get back in there and so we went to a different spot saw 13 deer uh, darn near got a shot at one of them and got set up for that afternoon. And our game plan that afternoon was if you could think north, south, east to west, there was this bedding area in the southwest corner of this cutover and we had a northwest wind. And so we, we crept up in there. We pulled the vines back to where we had a couple shooting lanes inside this green briar, and we counted on having a marginal win. And these deer would kind of come out the same trail they've been coming out. Um, and the coolest thing about all of it was we had two monster, and I can't wait to show you guys the footage of these these toms, just just goat ropes, okay? Just monster hat, monster toms come out at like 15 steps. I could have totally drilled one of these daggum turkeys, and I kind of wish I had. Um do but, you have a fall turkey? Yeah. Like, can you do that out there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Dang. It took a lot of restraint. Joey Bell was sitting right here going, don't do it, man. Turkeys are for the spring. Joey Bell would have do done it. it. I know. Joey Bell did a, no, he did a fall No, Joey turkey. Bell wouldn't have because Joey Bell doesn't deer hunt. True, but but he did he did do a fall turkey hunt. <laughs> he did do a fall turkey a couple hunt. years back. Yeah, uh, it was it was like the perfect setup for it though because the the turkeys were looking at the deer and their backs were to us. And I I I I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought about five times. I should just drill one of these turkeys and be done with it. I should just drill one of these turkeys and be done with it. And then the deer kept getting closer, and I was and I would just kind of shift my focus to them. Um, honestly, if I'm being truthful, I was a little insecure about where the vitals were. 
and I didn't have time or the ability to like pull out my phone and Google it because they were right there in front of us. It, it's, that, it's that big, it's that big old red thing on the top of their head. Yeah. Okay. The vitals, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, missed a, I missed a yearling entirely at, <laughs> at 14 steps right before that. Um, but anyway, so these Toms come out, they, everything to, just by the playbook. And I pass this yearling, this yearling shows up at like five, 5 PM. We get in there, we pull everything back real quiet. We took Turkey calls and we scraped the leaves back going, yup, 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 which is, Surprising a turkey didn't come in to begin with, uh, with that. And we got set up and I sent you guys footage of a yearling and I thought Parker was going to dissolve Soko. I, it was unreal. Yeah, it was pretty disappointing, man. <laughs> I was like, whatever. I mean, kind of, kind of been living a lie at that point. It's like, it's opening day. It's five o'clock. I think my exact words were God gave you an appetizer. Like you could have, you could have smoked her and stayed there and waited for a buck or whatever. It would have been easy. Well, you, you can blame Brett easy call, because whatever, Brett did this to whatever. me. Yeah. Brett did this to what, me. He Brett forced told, me at gunpoint Brett to, to pass several deer last year and it's all been downhill from there. I know, but you passed a, you passed a yearling doe to just shoot a, a regular doe. Yeah, eh. I did. Way to just go ahead and put it all out there yeah so right after that um several deer came out into the field um, people, <laughs> what i was gonna say people see it on instagram so <laughs> that's true that's a good point that's a good point yeah i need to pull the pictures and actually post about that so just being a tease and posting it and not actually telling people what we did but um Shortly thereafter, we had six deer into the field, all does, and they just kept meandering their way towards us. And uh, out popped two little illegal bucks. They popped out, and we're sitting there feeding in amongst the turkeys. It's some of the coolest footage I think I've ever captured um, to date, just seeing all those animals mill around right there. And they were at like 45 yards for an agonizingly long time. And, and Anders was so excited to get a shot off. He's like, you, you sure you don't want to take a shot? She's sitting right there. Perfectly broad said, you sure you don't want to take a shot? I'm like, nah, man, I'm just going to wait. They're feeding this way. I'm going to wait. And he, and about five different occasions, he's like, are you sure? And I said, dude, 40 is my max. And he's like, okay, cool. And sure enough, here they come. They break to 40. She turns, she turns sideways. I range her. Yep. 40 on the nose. I draw back. The pin is settling and she turns and faces me. And I had to let down. I'm like, God, this is just never going to happen. Here I am telling him I'm not going to take a shot at 45 and he needs to be patient. And this deer comes right to me at 33 yards, turns sideways. I drew back and I told Anders, and I even have it. I have like receipts. It's on video. I said, the pin, I've never seen a pin hold more steady. Like legitimately my mind's eye. I wanted to shoot like the lower third of that deer's body to anticipate for a jump. I could not get that pin out of the center of that deer's body, no matter what I did. And, and, and I even had this moment of what are you doing? That is a steady pin, pull the trigger. And so that's when I pulled and that arrow just felt like it was in slow motion. It spun through the air and on the, on video, you can just see, I didn't even give Anders a heads up. I was going to shoot. I drew, he's zooming in. And as soon as that pin gets steady and I had that conversation in my head, I shoot and he's still like zooming to get in on this deer. And you see the arrow bury into the deer. It blows past and the deer runs off 50 yards and the whole time she's run across this cutover you can just see blood pouring out of her side i mean she is just toast and she piles up just outside uh the tree line and i'm texting craig and brett i'm like hey how many deer can i shoot on this wma i can't remember i'm like hoping somebody will google it because here comes the other deer they're like what happened just 
Steven. Like, what did he get into? Or Stephanie, Samantha. I guess. Um, <laughs> but Samantha, there you go. So uh, they came in to like right at 42, 43. And I wasn't comfortable taking a shot on an alerted deer past my range. And so I ended up letting them leave. And they finally left after we did a coyote howl. Um, drug her out. Perfect broadside shot. Hit the f- front right shoulder. Exited back rib cage. And the amount of devastation inside that deer. I was shooting those annihilators. I'd heard so many good things about them. Holy Christ. It was unreal. I mean, she couldn't. I, I'm shocked she went as far as she did. God, crazy. Oh, well, yeah. oh, you, like you like those annihilators pretty good. Dude, it went through that deer at 33 yards. I got a full pass through. It was about 12 feet behind the, the deer and buried in the dirt. It was unreal. It had so much energy. That, that arrow would have been perfectly good for for a, uh, a like a full penetration at 40 yards. God. That's awesome. Smoked. Well, That's you really got cool. one on the board, man. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, here's the deal. Yeah. That's just a doe. Old Mr. Smashburn over here, Smash City. That's two points for the whippersnappers. Hey, 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 come on. It's not just a doe. <laughs> it's not you're just right. a doe. You're right. And you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this to Graybeard right now. He's going to listen to this on his way to Colorado, and he's going to be like, you son of a biscuit eater. Uh, I'm going to read the score right now out. In case you guys don't know this, over in our digital deer camp, we have a uh, – a deer season contest. It's just for fun, but it's old farts versus the whippersnappers. Age 35 is the median age. And if you're over 35, you're an old fart. If you're under 35, you're a whippersnapper. Current score right now. Whippersnappers. 161. Old farts, 27. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. That's rough. <laughs> and and there are still seven points unaccounted for from James. Do your job, post the deer, um, and those go to the whippersnappers as well. So it should it's really one hundred and sixty eight to twenty seven. Ouch, yeah, maybe they're rut hunters. <laughs> maybe, <sighs> maybe all the old guys are just rut hunters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe they're, so. they're rifle hunters. They're, they're gun hunters. They're all gun hunters. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> So, um, you know what? This is also an awesome opportunity. I'm going to do this real quick while we're at it. We got a bunch of new members to Patreon. And since we're talking about Patreon, this is a natural segue. Um, We're going to thank Landon Murphy, Michael Crandall, and Scott Stafford. Thank you, gentlemen, for showing up and supporting the podcast the way that you have. Uh, You guys all have a hat coming your way. I've got boxes that will be here Friday, and as well as everybody else. Uh, you guys, all the free hats leave this week. So they'll, they'll be in the mail to you no later than Friday. That was, and, and it was, it, it only took like what, like three months for us to get the hats in. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going there, but yeah, that was a debacle. That, I have, not, man. that wasn't on prime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, um. But we, we got caught up Prime there, man. Not and the and the shirts. If you're if you're if you ordered a Firebuck shirt, they're supposed to ship to me this week from Tampa. So they'll get here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten really better. We've gotten much much better about a lot of this stuff. Uh, if there's a delay in the shipping, it has nothing to do with my my inability to get to the post office anymore. It has everything to do with. <laughs> Uh, we just can't get the merch sent to us. It's been a, it's been a debacle, but 
Um, listen, uh, I shot a doe. Uh, a couple months back, Matthew shot a buck. Brett, dude, you have been all over the bucks in Alabama, man. Why don't you give everybody kind of a little rundown of what's been going on in your world? After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For me, I've had... So every year I, I keep a little journal, basically like, when I'm hunting, how many deer I see, per se, break it down morning, afternoons. But I'm, I've been hunting mornings because that's when it's best for my wife. We have a newborn, so she lets me get out in the morning because she likes to sleep till like 10.30 or 11 o'clock. So I've been going out, but open the morning, man, I had a book all but shot. <laughs> uh, scouted a spot. Day before, found some deer, busted the deer off food source, watched where they ran, looked at it, made a lot of sense, went back in there and set up on them. And I wasn't expecting the buck, but I had a nice, probably 100 inch, three, three year old, eight point come in. I needed about three more steps and I was going to stop him to shoot him. And he got to that little bit more open area and he just jogged through it all the way down to a swamp and then started walking again. So he got by me, um, and then this past Friday, I went and kind of set up inside of a bedding area about a hundred yards, just up in it, on a uh, on a re- 
really good trail. And my wind was supposed to be coming out of west, but of course, you know, in the south, it uh, likes to swirl, and it kept like swirling back up where some of the deer may come from. And I heard something about 30 minutes after daylight and look over to my weak side, and I heard a little like a step or something. When, of course, when I look over at 15 yards, stands just a stud of an eight point, just standing there at 15 yards with his nose in the air sniffing. And but he's looking behind him, so he's not quite sure where I'm at. So it gave me just enough time to slowly reach and turn some cameras on, kind of get ready and got my hand on the bow. And he walked a couple more steps, and then we had a Mexican standoff. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm eight foot up in a tree, so I'm pretty much right in his view. But there was a lot of stuff in between me and him. You can only see about twenty yards, and this. Uh, terrain I was in, just like some planted pines. And he's like looking through the limbs at me, and my legs get uncontrollably shaking. Like, I haven't had that happen in a few years. Like, just go shaking like that before I actually get the shot on the deer. We probably stared at each other, it seemed like two or three minutes. And I, I would put pressure on my legs, letting pressure off doing whatever I could think of to make my legs quit shaking because I'm like, there's no way he doesn't see my knees just a daggum slapping over here. And then eventually he starts to spook and he starts to turn and walk. And he's walking towards my opening. And I'm like, I know he's not about to step out here. So I get my bow, draw back, and he keeps walking. And then about 10 yards before he gets in my opening, he just starts jogging through the woods away from me. Yet again, so I've had two opportunities at really good bucks already this year. And typically, my season doesn't get good until November when I go on my Missouri trip. And then after that, it's usually uh, usually wide open. But I've already had two encounters with three-and-a-half-year-old deer within bow range. So I've had two more opportunities uh, sooner this year than normal. Yeah, dude. I mean, dude. But and this was in the, this was in the season where you thought I don't even know how much I'm going to get to hunt, and you're having all these awesome opportunities, dude. That's like killer. Because when I had a kid, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't out there. <laughs> yeah, it's all thanks to my wife. I mean, honestly, she let me go hunting. I'm just very shocked. She told me I could go to Missouri. I was a little shocked about that. But yeah, thankfully, you know, I just hunt in the mornings, but. I'll take that. That's all I get. I, I prefer mornings anyways. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I found myself this year, early season, more trying to hunt bucks than just hunt deer. I've been, you know, kind of pushing in on where I think bucks are instead of typically I get out and I just hunt food sources and try to kill a, a doe or two. But I'm really wanting to, uh, be that guy that you don't hear about who can kill early season bucks. I told myself two years ago I want to start killing early season bucks. So I'm making my journey trying to make that happen. You're, that's awesome, fun with man. that, dude. <laughs> that's where I you're, find myself. You're on your way, Brett. You're, it's, you're it's, having encounters. I, it's, uh, it's last year when I, I killed a bunch of does really quick. Like, 
killed like three or four of them like really, really fast back to back. I killed two in Kentucky, one in Tennessee, and then one like on opening day in Alabama. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to buck hunt early season. And I remembered why I freaking don't like doing that in Alabama mm-hmm. big woods. It's no fun. It's like, it's like when you go to start trying to buck hunt, you, you just like early season is literally just a drag most of the time. Now that I mean, you might not have some encounters and it might not be worth it, but if it don't work out, it's going to be boring as crap because <laughs> it is, that's what it is. Cause you're not going to see a lot of deer, but that's cool that you're seeing them. Yeah. And I haven't seen, so just say I've, I went eight mornings so far. Only four of those mornings I've, I've seen deer. Yeah. But two of those mornings I did see deer were good shooter bucks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. That's cool, man. It all just depends on what you want to do. That's what uh, that's what we've been doing a lot, a lot of the time in the states that I've been in so far because we've been in so many one-tag states. Mm-hmm. We were in North Dakota. We were in West Virginia. We've been in Michigan, and Michigan's been the first one that it's kind of been on the table to kill a doe, like where you could have even killed one if you wanted to. West Virginia, you could have. We could have. All of us could have killed one, but it's a one deer. It's a one deer tag. So if you kill a doe, you don't. You're you're not killing anything else. Michigan, you can buy extra tags, and so I just bought a buck tag and a doe tag because I was like, I ain't going. Gotta let them fly. <laughs> I'm going. This is gonna be, uh, yeah. I want to kill something, but dude, I know, I know where you're at. Like, it, it is. I will say this, Brett. It's a different story in other parts of the country trying to get on bucks in the early season than it is in Alabama. Um, I have yet to be in a state where I didn't get on a buck or see a buck from the spot from the stand, and and my hunting's been minimal. Like, it's I haven't got to hunt much at all. Like. You guys have all probably, other than Walt, have all probably spent maybe a little more time in the woods. Maybe in September, I, when we were in North Dakota, I spent a decent amount of time. But it, it's just it's a little bit different than it normally is. And so, um, but I can tell you the weather, the crops, that the the season change, the temperature, all that stuff really plays a big factor in early season hunting in these other states. That you're just, I mean, I'm. I'm this year has been maybe a little bit different because there's been a few cold fronts come through early that we haven't typically had. Do you think that had a lot to do with the, the buck encounters that you, that you did have? It's very possible that the weather was sure, sure has been nice here in October. I mean, yeah. you're talking about mid forties and, and mid fifties. Uh, typically it's only like maybe low sixties at best in October. Yeah. So it's the weather's been awesome. The biggest buck I've ever killed in Alabama was on October the 27th, um, which where I hunt in Alabama, that's not anywhere close to, that's not anywhere close to the rut. Um, and it was October 27th and it was during, it was a 40 degree day. Like it was the first cold front. Like I, I do feel like those, those days definitely matter. And it seems like, like my buddy, Justin Moser, I don't know if y'all know him, the guy who's tracked a few, his dogs attract a few deer for me. He killed a freaking stud the other day, like a giant buck the other day. I just deer that early season typically don't come out of this state. It seems mm-hmm. like they're kind of they're kind of doing the thing a little bit earlier this year, which is cool. 
Yeah. It really sucks that I'm not going to hunt it. <laughs> yeah. My buddy Jason, I don't know, what was it, a week ago or so, he shot that giant buck with his bow um, up here in South Alabama, like 15 minutes from my house. Shot yeah. a 145 inch buck. <laughs> it was freaking a huge God. deer. Yeah, and and it's it's um yeah I've I've definitely been paying attention. Like I hate it, honestly, I do. I freaking hate it because I'm not here to hunt it. Seems like every early season really sucks, and this year, freaking deer are dying and bucks are moving, and it's a banner year. It's a great year for acorns and and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, flipping great. I don't even get to hunt it. Like next year is probably gonna be like, oh, ain't, ain't an acorn to be found again. <laughs> uh, um, but it is, it is interesting to watch because last year was kind of felt, everything really felt empty, right? <laughs> like as far as the South, really everywhere, it seemed like last year was, it was tough for a lot of people. Rut was rough. It, it just, um, some ways non-existent in some places, acorns, we hardly had any around where I'm at. Um, deer were skinny and small. It was just, it was just a weird year. It seemed like everywhere, but this year does not seem to be the case it seems to be like it don't matter what state i'm seeing big freaking deer dying and our patreon group is proof of that like my goodness it's kind of is anybody sorry to catch you out i was just gonna say it's just escalated so freaking fast from like oh we're happy matt finally matt killed a deer and got us all started then skinny killed (laughs) one and then freaking 87 people a day killing deer and it's like Dude, you can't even keep up with who's killed stuff these days. Yep. Awesome shot freaking hammer six an, point. Yep. Does Does anybody have an idea uh, how many deer our Patreon group has killed already? Well, deer are big game. Deer, uh, there's a couple of hogs and a couple of gators, but mainly deer. I don't know. I know we, a few weeks ago, it was like 22, 23, but I know it's just gone ham since then. So I don't, I don't. Y'all all give me a guess and I'm I'll say you. 31. I'm going to say 29. I'm going to say 28. How about a 57? What? Wow. I'm not kidding. I keep up with every one of them. I got it in my phone. <laughs> every time somebody kills a deer, I write their name and what they kill. I got them all. I told you I was keeping up with it this year. 57? So, so here's your teaser for Patreon people. If you're listening now, this is your clue. What I won't, I won't be there, but what I would like for y'all to do when y'all have y'all's trivia questions is to one of the questions to be how many deer have been killed by the Patreon group. Mm. You know, I have it tallied up and let you know. You're talking about on the Patreon hunt when we do the trivia questions for prizes or yes. whatever. That that's yep. gonna be one. How many how many deer have been killed? Yep. I like that. Big game kills. I like uh, it. Dang boys. But as of right now it's fifty seven. That's amazing. That is amazing. Cool. Yeah. I think we just barely eclipsed a hundred last year. Isn't that about right, Brett? It was like right about a hundred at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I think from our best memory, but we're gonna keep up with it this year. Yeah. That's that's cool. That's insane. That's it's been a banner year. And it feels like 
in Florida, we've been talking a lot about a lot of quality deer coming out. You know, they changed the antler restrictions a couple years back. And there's a lot of speculation about if that's having a positive impact. I mean, it seems like it sure is because people are just crushing some nice bucks. But, you know, um, we got some people we got to talk about real quick. We kind of put this to the tail end of the show, but we got to say thanks to some people. Um, First off, we got to say thanks to Bowtech for the freaking package we got in the mail the other day. Um, Parker, oh, I almost messed up. I can't tell you guys what we got in the mail. Sorry. You guys got to wait a little bit. You can't tell them. Yeah. You can't tell anybody. I about messed that up. Old Skyler was sitting there going, Shut up, shut up as he was listening to this. So. I was I was gonna stop you. I was thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. Maybe that was maybe that was intentional. Maybe I did that on purpose. I didn't do that on purpose. Um yeah. but we're gonna say thank you to Botech for the things that arrived that will soon be told what they are. Um we're also gonna say thanks to Tethered. I got some time today to play with that um that lockdown. I'm a fan. I'm I'm a big fan, huge huge fan. Matt, one day soon you can be a fan too. Hey, um, I, I, I had many hours in the show. In it, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I switched back to my Phantom. Did you? I sure did. Isaac's yeah. using my my lockdown on tagged out right now because I just didn't like it. I like my Phantom a lot. Um, I prefer mm. minimalism, and I think that is a fair thing to say. I mean, you're allowed to have your own opinion. This is America. Yeah. Teach their own. Yeah. I, I said in the lockdown Sunday. Did you like it, Brett? I like Uh-huh. Like, compared to what I was using before, mm-hmm. the the streamline mm-hmm. of that lockdown, because it, when it's not deployed, it is pretty much the same size as a Phantom. And I love the the pockets on it because they stay tighter to your body and are not dangling and slapping your legs. Mm-hmm. Like pouch. You know, can unless you have like the elite saddle or something where they're sewed on, you know, from a tether. But um, it's just so much more streamlined. Couldn't you know, feel it hardly on me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got in the stand, I was able to deploy it and it set like, you know, just like a bigger saddle would just way better. Cause I do a lot of sitting and leaning and those bungees. When I got ready to get down, they pulled the saddle right back where mm-hmm. it should be, you know, where it folds back up, you know, closer to the size of the phantom. And it's just, it was way nicer than what I've been using. Like just way better. I, I can't, I can't speak to whether or not I'm going to be able to use it on an all day sit, but I've sat in it and the pressure points on it immediately felt differently to me than the phantom. Like it felt like it was made for a dude with a, with a big booty. So I'm I'm excited, man. This is going to be fun. So we want to say thanks to Tethered. They do a lot for us on the show. We're giving away a carbon uh, carbon uh, platform with them. So really excited about that. Just as soon as that goes live, we'll have that for you guys. Uh, but I got to do something really cool. And I was like a kid in a candy shop. When I shot that deer, I'm driving home. It was late as night, late as hell, because Anders locked his keys in his car, and it was a, a whole debacle, right? He ended up having to bust his window to get to his keys. But. <clears throat> I got to skin a deer on a tailgate of a truck for the first time since 2008 instead of on the ground behind my Xterra. And I got to do it while listening to Tyler Childers drinking Oyster City Hooter Brown and using my dadgum brand new bad mother trucker joiner die knife. Dude, that thing was wicked. That rimfire is a bad mother. Dude, 
I'm telling you right now, you probably have good knives at home. You might have one as good as the join or die knife, but that freaking rim fire, I swear to you, the, the, it just, it cut like butter. And I cleaned the whole day. I did what Brent told us in, in Discord, in the Discord group. He said, you have to, you have to hone it as you go. You can't just like cut a whole deer and let that blade get really dull. So I stropped it a couple times throughout the course of cleaning the deer. Dude, oh my God. Brent makes a tremendous knife. Um, and if you want one, you got two options. Join Patreon because at the end of October, we're giving away a SoCo branded Rimfire kit. Or go to the website and use the promo code SOCOHUNT and get 10% off your order, including custom orders. So that knife, dude, is bad. That is a bad knife. It is. Wait to use mine here in a week or so. Mm. I used I used to have a rim fire, then Greg stole it. He straight up straight up swiped it from that me. Soft <laughs> sucker. Yep. Just swiped it. <laughs> I was like, anybody see my knife? Oh, wait, Greg's the last person to use it. <laughs> we need to get you a Soko branded one. I mean, that thing I don't is think just... He, I don't think he knows how much that knife cost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that that's going to be the fun test. I can't wait to take it, take it, um, take my fine stone to it and, to, and touch it up and see how long it takes to get that thing tuned up. But, I mean, like, you know how, like, some knives, they get hard to hold and your hand gets a little greasy because that tallow on a deer is so sticky and it, it, it's not... It's greasy is what it is. It's greasy. Dude, man, that thing just was like an extension of my hand. I, I had that whole deer broke down in like 20 minutes on the back of that truck. It was amazing. That was freaking cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so I like say th- thanks to They're those awesome. people because they do a lot for us, all of them. Absolutely. You can tell it is late at night when we're recording this one. Matt's over there falling asleep in hey, Arizona. It is 6 o'clock, it is six o'clock here. I'm good. Parker. <laughs> Parker is uh, eager to get back to editing the tagged out tour. How's the tagged out tour doing, Parker? Uh, it's going, man. Yeah, it's just it is. It's 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 great. The videos are awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people should definitely go watch the yeah, video because they're because they're awesome. They are. I've watched all of them. I watched the latest one in West Virginia. <laughs> God. That uh, the out backwoods challenge, yeah. whatever yeah, y'all did, backcountry challenge, man. Yeah, the backcountry challenge in West Virginia. Bro, Eli got hot. That was pretty cool. Eli, man, he's just. I'm really pulling for him. He's he's hunting right now in Michigan, and he's had a couple really really close encounters with bucks. But he's a uh, camera. He called me last night. And he was like, "Man, I've two nights in a row I've had a buck that I could have shot, but." The camera couldn't pick them up. I don't know what to do. And I was like, freaking kill them. Kill her butt. Mm-hmm. I was like, tell Casey to turn that camera on the deer. You've got a lighted knot. Mm-hmm. Turn, it on, <laughs> turn it on the deer. And if you can see it, if it's legal shooting light, shoot it. That's right. That just, yeah. just because I can I can bring up the exposure if I need to or whatever. Like, we'll be all right. Work your magic. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be all right. I'd rather you just kill that buck. Yeah, most of the guys do. They're awesome. They're great. So here's the deal. Here's the other thing. I did kill a deer on the first freaking sit in Michigan and that deer. But what I can't tell you is that guys in, in Michigan crying and complaining about how hard hunting in Michigan is. I can tell you one thing. There There is a lot of pressure in Michigan. But there's also a crap load of deer in Michigan. So the very first deer that I saw in my spot in Michigan 
was about a hundred inch deer, a hundred inch buck. That was the very first deer I saw in Michigan. From what I understand, Michigan, the, the book buck status is a hundred inches. Do y'all know if I'm correct on that? Maybe somebody who's listening can correct me on it, but I, I think know. it's a hundred inch. I think it's a hundred inch book buck thing. So Eberhart talking about his hundred inch deer and stuff or his book buck deer. I think that a hundred inches is the qualification in Michigan and from driving around in Michigan and the first year I said the only buck that I saw in Michigan would have come really dang close to meeting that mark. Um, like dude, Michigan's actually a pretty fun state to hunt. Like there's a lot, it's a target rich environment. Um, that there is a lot of bucks. There's, they're mostly small bucks from what I understand, but there, there is some really good potential for big bucks and there are deer everywhere. Like there's a bunch of deer. So Southern brethren, if, uh, if you hear people talking about Michigan, about how terrible it is, I'm going to tell you, it's not that bad. It's actually a pretty fun state to hunt. Um, I wish that I had time to actually hunt Michigan because dude, I was on some freaking bucks there in the three sits that I got. I was, I was absolutely on deer and, uh, yeah, I just didn't didn't get to do it, and that's kind of depressing. It's kind of depressing when you buy the tag. Well, I think what we're going to do is have Adam Miller on to talk about how great uh, Michigan is, and we'll, we'll compare perspectives because uh, I think a lot of Michiganders don't think it's necessarily the best place in the world to hunt. Maybe there's pockets where it's a little more difficult, but, fellas, it I, is – That's lo- what I've heard, but I can tell you. I can tell you, though, one thing for sure. Um there's a lot of people that hunt those properties. Like I would be miles deep and there's a trail camera, you know, yeah. like yeah, you, it's hard to outdo the people there, like to out walk or out hike. Like there's just people hunting everywhere, but I can, like there is, there are deer there and it's a, it's a good state, man. Like I would put it up there with, with the hill country of Texas when you're talking about numbers yeah, of deer. It's it's pretty crazy. Well, let's do this, boys. Let's put a pin in this. It is late. I got to edit this and get it dropped. Uh, I appreciate each and every one of you guys for listening. Go check out the YouTube channel. My deer video should be dropping sometime this week. And, uh, yeah, I think until next time, guys, y'all get outside and enjoy the great outdoors.